the restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails Podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply. What's going on, guys? How are you? We are back with the Paper Trails Podcast. This is episode five, season two, um, and we are at, take a look around, you know, Austin, put up, put some pictures up, plug it, Supperland. Uh, you guys are opened six weeks ago, seven yeah. weeks ago, about a month and a half. I am here with Jamie and Jeff. Uh, the couple responsible for a lot of your favorites here in Charlotte, and I'm super pumped to have them on the show just to talk, jam, talk about business, their their story, um, how they got started, and um, you know, quite honestly, you know, your success in business. I mean, you guys have done you know, 12 years, 12 years now, I think. 12, as of last week, as of last week, 12 years. We're in a pandemic. Are we successful? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're still here. We're, we're still, still here. here. I'm like our success. And so I'm yeah. super excited to have them on just to just talk a little bit. Obviously, if this is your first time plugging in, you know, to our podcast and our show. Uh, we're all about business ownership, entrepreneurship and the food industry. You know, we're all about, uh, you know, chatting and getting to know and tell, telling people stories, kind of, you know, the start. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, um, people walk in and they enjoy an, an experience and are entertained at, you know, uh, a, a meal with their family. but you know, they may not know how everything got to where it is. And so I'm excited to have you guys on just to hang and, and share. And so um, why don't we just start here, just in case maybe the audience doesn't know your full story. And so Jamie, Jeff, whoever wants to start, if you guys want to start this. in the very- is, uh, From the very, very great. beginning. Very beginning, Where are you from Charlotte? Where are you from? How did you end up here? I'll put it in a nutshell. Can, can but you condense it down? Like this is only, only <laughs> we don't have a week. <laughs> So. I'm a talker. Okay. Um, so I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania originally, and Jeff's from Cleveland, Ohio. But we, we we met at Davidson College, okay. and after moving around a little bit around the country for grad school and so forth, we've ended up here in Charlotte. Cool. And I often say that we've been here for about a dozen years, and then he reminds me it's been a lot longer than a dozen years. So I think we're uh, twenty years. Twenty five. Uh, twenty five. Yeah. Okay. Not twenty five. Okay. When I came, late late nineties. Yeah. 94. Yeah. Okay. I was a little freshman. So we've been here for a minute. Nice. We've been here for a minute. I love this city. It is such a great place. We're, you know, raising our three kids here, and I just couldn't think of a better place to be than, than the city. It is a great city. I mean, we were having that conversation earlier. I mean, the growth, um, even just honestly, the the banking, the finance. I mean, just the companies moving here. It's bringing a lot of opportunities, jobs. Um, I don't know much about like the you know, tech industry, but I've heard it's kind of starting a little bit to kind of rumble. Um, but, um, so yeah, all right. So you guys, uh, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, yep. make it, how'd you guys, how Davidson, how did that happen? Well, Just we both played sports. We, the sports there, okay. division one sports program. She played basketball, which is a... A real sport, because we have sport. a number on our back. Okay. <laughs> she had a number on her back. I, I played, he played tennis. tennis. No <laughs> number. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So, cool. Well, I, I played soccer in college. You did? Yeah, okay. So that was, uh, See, you, you know, but I was Division two. Okay. So, that's you great. Know, I don't know. Awesome. Nah, it was You're fun. Still number you. What number did you have? <laughs> um, 22. 22. 22. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, we were talking the other day. We all, at uh, tennis practice, we would draw with a Sharpie on all of our, like, <laughs> practice stuff so we'd have numbers <laughs> is so, that is that like a thing like for tennis no players, it was want, just a the, joke, joke that our team did because yeah and then because we always wanted to like play like we always like oh we want to be basketball players <laughs> whatever so we ended up being tennis players with num with hand-drawn numbers on our back that's that, so funny you know we're like played ultimate frisbee and stuff. <laughs> anyway that's why we both we went to Davidson. So, so did you guys, did you guys fall in love? Like as soon as you moved down here, did you guys know? Like you we're know, still what? working on that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a work in progress. We're just um, yes, yeah, so we didn't date in college, so we just uh, knew each other and we started dating after gotcha. college. So. But like, like you know, where I was going with that was, did you like when you came down here? Did you love the South? Like, like did you like? Did you fall in love with? The town, the area, the city, like, was it I'll like? Because you go. Because I, I, I have friends in, in Pittsburgh and in Cleveland. Yeah. And they're and like, awesome towns, right? They're great towns. You get a little chilly. Like, yes. not, not like here, it doesn't, I mean, it make it a little cold, but nothing like Nothing uh, like up there. I definitely, the warmth of the South pulled me this way. That's that's very enticing. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I think we both just love the the vibrancy of Charlotte. It it was a place that had so much potential. It wasn't necessarily where it needed to be then, but right. no, yeah, you, you could just see that it was going to be something, you know. And I think both of us love that with any kind of project we're working on, whether it's our actual house, which is a 1905 house that we're still working on, or you know, a, a building like this here at Supperland. Um, or you know our other restaurants, they're all old spaces. And I think the both of us really like to look at the potential of something. And Charlotte to us has always had that, that yeah. potential to become something great. And it's, it's on think, its way. I think for me, I went, she did grad school in very nice, beautiful places. <laughs> um, but I went back to Cleveland um, to get my MBA. And when I was there for two years of grad school, I was, I, I was blown away because I hadn't been there in six years. And I was like, was the weather this terrible? <laughs> you just don't notice when you're a like, kid. You just, like when you're a kid, you're just like, okay, it's this is like life. snowing yeah. outside. I'm gonna go in the indoor courts and I'm gonna go play hockey and I'm gonna go do whatever. And um, and yeah, and so then after, you know, drinking in a dark tavern for three straight weeks, I was like, is it, is it really light? Does it have to be like this? <laughs> Does it have and, to be yeah, like so, this? So moving, yeah, moving to the South was like, and in, in coming back here was, was great. And then I think, um, you know, we talk about Haberdish, uh, our third place as this um, kind of settling into Charlotte and, okay. and us kind of, Jamie getting over the fact that she had been here for 20 years and um, <laughs> realizing that that this is where we live now this is where uh, our, home. our home and the, and the roots for our children the, will be yeah and our, our children are here and um, this is yeah this is our, our spot so let's embrace mm. like everything let's learn all we can about the food culture and about the history of the food here and just really dive into that study that and then that's where the kind of love of the southern cuisine came, you know, came about, and us like really just cementing our roots. Yeah. So, um, so like you remember Haberdish being the restaurant that really like like was that like a little monumental? I mean, yes, and in the, in the entire concept. So it's it's interesting. It's a we call it a mill town kitchen. Okay. It's um, in Noda, okay. North Davidson, which is. Uh, Part of what actually just as of a couple of days ago is now called the Mill District, and it includes Noda, Belmont, Optimus Park, and um, don't forget, Jamie, I'm blanking. What's the last one? It'll I'm blanking. It'll, it'll come, come to me in a minute. It'll, it'll come, come to me in a minute. Between Belmont and Noda. That, um, yeah, Villa Heights. Villa Thank Heights. you. Yes, uh, Villa Heights. So those neighborhoods are now under the Mill District. Okay. And, um, it's a lot about the branding of those spaces and trying to lift lift up all of those neighborhoods at yeah. the same time. Um, but with Haverdish, we opened up Haverdish now. It's been about four and a half years ago, okay. and uh, it's fried chicken, southern sides. Um, the idea is it's all done family style, and things are brought to the table, and you share around the table. And the idea is it almost it just it just feels it's very southern. It's there's a lot of hospitality and. To us, I think we did so much research around Southern cuisine, Southern food, Southern traditions, and that was our our first concept right around uh, around those ideas. And this is our second one. This also this is a Southern steakhouse here at Supperland. So okay. really leaning into that idea. I think now having been here for our 20 years, um, that it just is we're really interested in that kind of cuisine and rooting a place, uh, rooting a restaurant in a place. Sure, you know. Now, 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 here's the. Now, you guys have how many, how many concept or how many restaurants? Five. Five. Five okay. Concepts. Now, you must have a background in culinary. You must have a background in in food. And so, no. He no. used to watch <laughs> Alton Brown in college. I remember no, no, that. I mean, I, mean I, I, I know you don't, but like that's that is so interesting. I mean, I I love the fact that you guys have done research, done due diligence, studied the market, studied the area, and then found you know what. This pocket, this might. I think this is what the neighborhood needs. I I love that because I think sometimes that maybe this is some suggestions to the audience. People want to own a business. They 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 love to, but you know they think just because they make a, an amazing pie or a good cupcake or something that it'll transform into this multi-million dollar revenue annually you know company. And it's like you know what there you there's some homework. There's some due diligence. Like you have to study you know like figure out exact you know recipes i mean just just recipes on top of your head is good 
if you're at the house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> but um, you know, so I mean, I'd love I'd love to hear your perspective on that. How did you guys get into the food industry, and then even just your mindset on building out a concept, building out a restaurant? What you know, what I is mean, that? Part of it, part of it is um, you know we just jumped in. Um, really, <laughs> it was uh, in the recession. We just said. This is what I want to do. Very passionate about this is the, the 08 recession. The 08, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So very passionate about hospitality. Very passionate about caring for people. Um, that was like kind of the first um, base. Yeah. The, and the, and let's be clear, this was his idea. My, you know what I mean? I idea. love this business and I love um, the hospitality part. And what what it is to have all these people come into your place and enjoy your food and your team there. I love that the family that it creates with the staff. I it's wonderful, but this was not my idea. Okay. <laughs> this was not my idea Just for put life. Put it all on Jeff, guys. <laughs> this was, he, he loves hospitality. He love loves that. taking care of people. And during that time when we couldn't find jobs, to him it was a, a natural fit that we had both talked about dreamily years before of like, wouldn't it be cool if, it would be fun if, but it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. But it, it, you know, okay. I think when, when you get to like, when you start really soul searching and then you, you come up with like, I really like, like curating, you know, nights for people and, and the hospitality aspect. And then you're like, and by the way, I, you know, read every cookbook and devour every food show and I make pasta from scratch and I make homemade bread and this was in 08 everybody does it now I know we're in a pandemic uh, like, yeah, no big deal I'm making sourdough. everyone's a baker like, now <laughs> yeah, right? um, but yeah so you know 10, ten years ago I'm renaissance man but um yeah so that's you know kind of the way we operated but yeah I, I it's it's tough to say Oh, my friends really like this pasta dish, so I'm gonna go open an Italian restaurant. But I think, you know, we just we thoughtfully jumped all in, and luckily we didn't. And you know, I went out and we, got a full-time job. Yeah, is how we thoughtfully she, jumped in. She was very supportive, but yeah, I think part of it is going all in, and I, I think it would it's tough to grow any business um, while you're kind of doing other things, and you know, obviously tiptoeing a little bit. Obviously, we did things to, you know, like I taught tennis lessons, uh, you know, here and there to sure. support the family. We needed to eat still. But, sure. Um, but, yeah, but really just, like, jumping sure. all in and being dedicated to it. And, um, yeah, now you just you just got to just go and do it, and then you just YouTube whatever else you need. And, you he know, uses you know. so much YouTube. And I think that's, that's <laughs> like, I mean, like you were saying, you love to learn, you know. There are so many more resources at any one of our fingertips that we can do that now. Hundred you know? percent. I uh, just scroll through a hundred pictures of you know what what whatever it is. And even even now, um, you know we've built lots of bars and we have lots of you know whatever. But it's still when we're looking at like doing a little bar space, like we have a little make bar in here. It's still let's look at bar cockpits and we'll fly through like 200, 300 pictures, you can just, you know, yeah, just like roll through them all you can, and pick out one or two things yeah. that you're like, oh wow, I hadn't thought about that. Mm -hmm. And then a bartender, you know, is like, yeah, this is what I found and they, they send it. And then you have four or five people looking and then you get six or seven good ideas. And yep. um, it's, 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 it's having crazy. access to imagery, education, um, resources that, from all over the world. Sure. So, you know, for instance, like in designing a space like this, we don't, you know, we, we visit a ton of different restaurants around um, the country, but you can visit restaurants all over the world by going on Pinterest, by That's Googling, do you know what I mean? Really so you point. just go through and you can take those ideas that you may never have thought about, never seen before, but now you've seen it. And so that gives you so many more data points to build from. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yesterday I was, uh, you know, eating dinner at a kitchen in Italy, or, I mean, I was on a Google page, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was in Italy yesterday. Exactly. And, uh, yes. Um, no, that, that's a really good point. I, and I, if I've said this once, I've said it on multiple episodes, but, um, you know, there's no lack of answers out there. There's just lack of desire to find answers. <laughs> like there's, like you said, there's so much information, resources, books, you know, uh, social media pictures, uh, how, I mean, you can literally learn how to do almost anything on YouTube, mm -hmm. yes. literally. It is 
That's how we learned to slaughter a lobster. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes, we started. I mean, I started. <laughs> I love that. The, the lobsters yeah. we do here. I think the cooks were coming over to my house. Like, this was even. This place wasn't even started yet. This was like yeah. four years ago. We were just having a grill out the house, and I was just like. We're gonna do grilled lobster, and so I was just like, okay, you know. You gotta, this is, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, the humane that, you know, proper way to this, do it. Yeah, you know? let's just so like she, you know, yeah, yeah, read up on you know all the all the stuff, and then, um, yeah. And another yeah. thing, like these tables that we're sitting here, I don't know if they're in the in the video itself, yeah. but this is all North Carolina hickory, and every one of these tables was built in our garage, and so much of the he that, does woodworking. <laughs> yeah, it's all. I mean, he uses YouTube to, and he loves woodworking. He's been woodworking for years, but um, these are all handmade tables, yeah. you know, and learning to do, you know, the brass inlays and and how to properly support it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean listen, I solve uh, <laughs> problems. I mean, I, I do need a new table for my kitchen, so we'll have to talk. We're doing that. Starting, we're starting a wood shop. Are um, you serious? Yeah, so, I was joking, but no, uh, it's we, real. We have real. some. Uh, we we have three or four dining room tables in the in the queue right now. You can check out the one in the uh, wine room downstairs, and um, it's a gigantic the, square walnut table. Okay. That's beautiful. Um, so you, you can you can check that out. That's one of our our pieces too. So. <laughs> Yeah, we're trying to. Um, one of my one of our bartenders kind of jumped on board um, with Uncle Bryce and I to help build out this place, and we did all the millwork, all the tables, um, all the cabinetry, all that stuff. And um, he kind of jumped on board, and he's like, "I really like this. I'd like to keep doing it." And he's very skilled, and so trying to. Um, he still has. <laughs> he still has a good two months worth of work to do for the for for the restaurants, but sure. yeah, when when that gets done, yeah, we're trying to um, kind of move him to you know just doing some table orders and getting stuff cranked out. But we we have all the equipment and everything, so we're doing cabinets, um, waterproof. Anybody out there? We're, we're, we do a lot of uh, we we use this uh, King Starboard a lot. It's a uh, kind of a waterproof. Um, uh, it's basically what you could build cabinets out of um, originally for boats and okay. people build outdoor kitchens out of them now and uh, so it's, it's great in a restaurant completely waterproof indestructible um, but we just yeah built one outside so we, we do a lot of that and then um, yeah just nice tables and working on some bunk bed designs that's right I don't know why I'm not surprised <laughs> that you're about to start like a uh, custom <laughs> I mean yeah, it's this, exactly. no it's I mean listen I, I mean we just met but just the vibe and the feeling, I love it. I, I love the, um, just the, um, just like, you know, the, the, the love of people, the hospitality. I mean, like, I, I, listen. You're I, a restaurant guy. <laughs> I, I, I am, and I think that's what makes successful restaurants, like, like my dad, I'm trying to think. My dad's the oldest out of uh, the three brothers that he has, and they own four restaurants, three that we operate, you know, four that we have some partners in, and that's how my family is. Like, we just, huge hearts, wants to help, loves the staff, you know, because I remember when my, my dad first came over 40 some years ago, he remembers working and like just, you know, for $1.75 in West Virginia at a, yeah. a drive-in feeding, you know, coffee and breakfast yeah. at four in the morning to the coal miners. I mean, he tells me this and, um, you know, just, he, he just, he wanted to like, he would, he would be hungry because we came from a very poor family, which is why we even came here to America. And, um, you know, they would just, you know, it just wasn't the best environment. Let's just put it like that, you yeah. know? And so he's like, you know what? You know, I, I feel for people. Like, I, I, I want to feed them. I want to take care of them. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So right. anyway, yeah. So I'm not surprised you guys are making uh, custom tables. And so, you know, <laughs> reach out to these guys. We'll put their handles below. If you want a custom table, we'll start a sixth business. <laughs> there um, we go. But uh, let, let's talk about the, the, the restaurants. You know, let's, yeah. let's talk about number one. You know, what's, uh, what's the, what was the first restaurant? When did it start? What was your idea behind it? You know. So, so Crepe Cellar Kitchen and Pub is our first restaurant. Just last week it turned 12. And um, that's the restaurant that Jeff one night took me to dinner and said, hey, I know what I want to do with my life. I want to open a restaurant. And I was like, I'll go get a real job. <laughs> you know? So that's number one. And it's, it's really built to be a European gastropub. Everything is homemade. Yes, we have crepes, savory and sweet, but we do an outstanding fish and chips dish. And um, we do you know, homemade gnocchi, homemade pastas. Um, just it's it's a beautiful menu. Very lots of homemade touches. Probably our number or two of our biggest sellers are our pesto brie fries, which is 
a pile of hand-cut twice-fried fries with pesto and brie and tomatoes on top. And then we also do a, a burrata that's handmade um, over there that our chef probably never wish we put burrata on the menu because he makes a whole lot of burrata. He makes a lot of burrata. He's it's, really good at it's it. It's delicious. Makes, yeah. um, so right now, seasonally, we're serving it with a peach coulis and some grilled bread. And it's it's just lovely. They do a great job. So that's our first spot. Love it. Yeah. What did you... What did you learn from opening the very first restaurant? Oh, oh my goodness. Remember yeah. that first week, how yeah, hard it, it was. I mean, yeah. Or, or, or even starting it. Like, I mean, like, you know, imagine people have no idea what it takes to start a business. Yeah. The, I mean, I the, think the, the preparation, the, the, the permits, all, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, uh, yeah, just, you know, we, we always talk about this place of, of how many hundreds and, you know, we, we think it's somewhere in the, what, 1200 to 1600 range of decisions and things you have to do and buy and you know like like to get a restaurant up and going and there's just so many decisions and so like for us it's just trying to be as thoughtful as you can about as many of them as you can especially the important ones and the the touch points um so i think we we, the more stuff that you can be thoughtful about and the the more you know research and, and things that you can do the better on every single decision and sure. don't just like wing anything and just like be really serious about them. Um, but the, I think my biggest learning then was just that the restaurant business um, is, uh, I mean, it, when everybody says the restaurant business is tough, it's, it's, it's a tough business. It just is, is built on uh, trying to get as much revenue as you can. Hopefully you, you have a high number and then trying to peel off what you can at the bottom and it really is just like stacking pennies and nickels and dimes and mm-hmm. um, like kind of just the repetitive stuff um, is the only place where you actually like pull value out and uh, make money so it's it's um, kind of learning those lessons and really finding the, those areas to you know it's it's it's, it's tough but it's, it's it's fun and um, yeah you're having a good love time. it Jamie, you, any thoughts on the first restaurant or anything you saw Jeff kind of go through and kind of watch just, you know, because sure. you were working full time. Yeah, so I went and got a, a, a real job. Yeah. Okay, yeah. a desk job sure. <laughs> to make money. Yeah, which, which so, I get. I, you know, while starting my paper company, I worked in the evenings at the restaurant because yeah. for four years we didn't make money. And yeah. when I say make money, I mean, I mean, I may have made $500 in a month. I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was so like I needed money so yes absolutely um i think one of the biggest things at at crepe cellar was um just using what we had Mm. it it had been a restaurant it was called addie's jamaican cuisine and we ate there a couple of times back you know long before it closed but um using a lot what she already had so we took for instance um part of her cabinetry and and built a back bar with it mm-hmm. and um, we used the chairs that she had there and I believe the table bases if I'm correct and then also yeah, a lot of the bootstrapping whatever the you can on your like you were you were talking with with your desks and chairs and stuff it's just whatever you got yeah. you just make you it work use and, and crepe cellar has gone through um, renovations over the years you know it's 12 years old now we expanded into what was a yogurt shop it was like a long alley um, yogurt shop so we uh, bought that and expanded into it to add more tables because when we first opened it was only 11 tables it's now 18 Um, you know we put in a beautiful funky wallpaper and redid the floors and so we've we've done some some changes to it over the years but I think that was one of the biggest things as you know restaurant number one is you can open something for pretty good price point um it's this one is not like this is, <laughs> this is a little opulent but yeah. but you know when we were opening up crepe cellar and we tried to find investors nobody wanted to invest with us and i get it i wouldn't have invested with us either in the recession <laughs> two people have never been in the restaurant business that made no right. sense but now people are interested in the projects that, that we like to do so it's different i love it but um that's that's where we started how about after year one like what would you learn after year one anything that stands out to you well that's about- when we opened up restaurant number two yeah that kind of kind of learned that um, we needed more revenue and we needed to grow and um, and that was the only like path to like well explain kinda... the growlers crepe cellar thing because it's yeah so um, growlers and crepe cellar are actually in the same building okay um, so we cut a hole in the wall and connected the two spaces nice um, but uh, growlers is 
it's a tight footprint and by the time you put storage bathroom kitchen you know mop sinks uh dish everything, everything like that you wouldn't have any bit of kind of space left sure um so our landlord was really really helpful with with us after kind of at the time retail was falling apart especially in in noda and they kind of only had like the restaurant way to go and nobody could really put a restaurant in there efficiently um, except for us so we kind of had a nice like partnership there um, and we were able to open up growlers which is uh um, just a little kind of craft beer and craft beer craft food That's right. um, but uh, all all homemade stuff just a little gastro like uh, kind of um, crepe sours the gastro pub but um, yeah it's 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 more like pub pub food pub and, style, and yeah. that that kind of stuff but um, kind of the first uh, craft beer place in Charlotte that wasn't a 200 tap mecca it was just a very well curated 14 tap uh-huh. um, thoughtful um, kind of place and so um, just kind of went from there how how long before you had the uh, crate seller that you were that you were like you know what we need to like did you think we the, need a second place or did you know tenant, that the tenant went out over there in that space as maybe like a month after we signed the lease at Crapes though they're like oh by the way <laughs> you lost your tenant next door and then yeah as we were getting crepe cellar open and we were kind of seeing what the sales were you kind of learn quickly and you know you do the math and you know that the the margins are so small that supporting a family you needed to we needed to double the, that number and yeah. so um, yeah it's 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 interesting because when they came to us about that corner spot where yeah. growlers now is um, it had been a retail spot car, called niche market and uh, they said would you like to expand crepe cellar because crepe cellar was very successful it was just small yeah. so they said do you want to expand it and we you know had a lot of heart-to-heart conversations and said we didn't want to because we've seen so many small restaurants, when they get big, they suddenly have lost the the intimate feeling that can be so powerful for a brand. Yeah. Yeah. That um, so with Crepe Cellar, we just said let's keep it small. Now, eventually, we bought the yogurt shop next door and added a handful of tables, but it wasn't a gigantic expansion. So, we decided to you know have that shared kitchen and put forth two different concepts. So we've got Crepe Cellar shooting out one door, and then Growler shooting out the other door. And then now, as the years have gone, we have another concept that shoots out the back window. Um, at Growlers, we've had this storage closet there that was, it was a storage closet, just a, you know, had paper products and um, all of our beer equipment and everything. And, but what it had was this gorgeous arched window out to the street. And nobody knew what this thing was for. I, I don't, we still don't know what it was for. It was probably like a loading door or something but we decided to turn it into a donut shop and it's just a walk up window. So So really coming out of that center kitchen are three different concepts. And I think that's something, you know, when Jeff was talking about that revenue piece of, um, you know, how do you take something like Crepe Cellar, which is a small gastropub, not a ton of traffic, but good. How do you increase that revenue, but you know, not make it inefficient by opening a whole other place with a whole other kitchen. Yeah. Well, you use one kitchen and you've got three different concepts coming out of it. Was the donut the third? The third? Uh... No, we just added that after Haberdish. Yeah. That was kind of a. That's right. Um, Haberdish got open and it was just uh, more of a fun project that we wanted to do. And so how's that going? It's great. The shop's great. It's yeah, so it's, fun. It's, 80, it's just. It's 82 square feet. It's really tiny. It's literally just a closet. Um, and then we use, you know, dish and prep and stuff of the crepe cellar, but it, it just a small I love that. I mean, small, what a creative small way. Small footprint window. I think it adds a lot to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a little, you know, all the kids in their PJs walking <laughs> up to like, it in their, yeah. in their wagons and stuff. It's, it's, it's great. It's really cute. So. Um, it's fun. It just adds a vibrancy to the street environment there yeah. in Noda. And um, on that corner, one of the things, too, is that we, we wanted it to... We wanted to brighten it up some. It, it was, was yeah, not it was, a safe you place. You would go was, around the corner from Growlers and it was just like dark, dark, and what, and, you know, whatever, and desolate. And so now we have this um, cute little, you know, it's an arched window. It's brick and it's got, you know, a little marquee lights going around it, and then the trees are lit up with Christmas lights. Um, and it's just, it's just a 
cute little spot. We just we do all made to order donuts, and it's off of a machine similar to Duck Donuts. We do all a cake donut, and um, in like seven different flavors. Super simple concept. So it's all really right. fun. It's fun. So in anything that you learn from number two growlers, then you know, like I mean, is there, is there anything that maybe sort of dialing in a little bit? You know, food caught. I mean, I don't know. Is there anything that maybe? Um, that you learned actually how long was it until you opened up number three Haberdish you know Haberdish was a few good after. few years after um, so so you had two locations that you ran for years mm -hmm. ran, ran for years we um, yeah we decided we decided to kind of hold off on opening another place at the time because we invested in our property so we um, and that's when we expanded crepe seller so we decided to get the real estate by the first floor of our building and do that. So we kind of, kind of were, you know, kind of doing that for sure. a few years. Sure. And then um, after we recovered from that, then we went and um, you know, which, started doing Which is, it's a, it's a good, maybe it's a good lesson for everybody to know, you know, about um, just being patient and investing back into the business. And if you have an opportunity to maybe buy you know some some you know the real estate that your business is on maybe do i mean you know what i mean i mean obviously yeah. it's different for for everybody i'm not you know yeah. this isn't a blanket statement where we're counseling well, people through youtube but uh, yeah. <laughs> i think the the exit strategy for restaurants is is very difficult of of well, what are you going to do when your lease what's is up what's it worth what, yeah what's what, it worth what, to somebody else what mm -hmm. yeah what's it worth to somebody that's maybe not going to put the time in that you do running it and, and that kind of thing so um having the real estate kind of takes a lot of the risk away um, it gives you a little bit more of an exit strategy mm -hmm. and gives you options and smart way to think um, about it yeah so I think that's that's a big part and I mean you, you know a lot of restaurant tours is it's it's hard to make money in the restaurant business so you gotta you know be in the real estate business I think my family did yeah we, we own all the properties that are yes. you know and so it's um, but I like that that was a very very good lesson there I think we could uh, we could take from that so um, so okay, all right. So we got two locations, number of years, investing back into the business, buying the real estate. All right, and then what? You got you got the itch, and you're like, you know what? Because well, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you guys are, are creators, you're builders. Like we you know, tried. Yeah, I mean, we we just we love old buildings. We you know, so there's a, a very small like number of places that we're actually interested in. Okay. Because um, it's there's so much new development here, so. And we love Noda, so when Haberdish came open. So Haberdish um, was the former general store of the neighborhood. Okay. And it's um, it's got kind of a stepped facade. Okay. And uh, it's kind of set back off the street just a touch. If you look at old pictures it's of neat. it, even, you know, Google Street, you're like, it has bars on the windows yeah. and it is just like beaten up and run down. And I don't think, you know, this generation doesn't really understand 10 years ago what Noda looked like and what it was and especially 20 years ago yeah uh, I mean it, it's uh, crazy how much it's, because the it's light changed. rail has shot through so um, the apartments uh, there's so much growth over there and it's a lot of true. new building and that is true it was not like that I mean it was chain link and, and just so you guys know I have eaten that crepe cellar like eight years ago okay just okay. so you guys know and it was yeah. great so just, just a side so, note but, uh, but, <laughs> but, but I do remember the area you're right you know yeah. eight seven eight nine ten years ago yes. it, it's not what you're no. <laughs> looking at today no it's no. not the same no not, not, not the same so yeah so anyway. so yeah so you get so you guys found the spot and you wanted something a little uh, southern yeah i think because we were in that neighborhood you just you get wind of what's going on you know or if uh, you know he became friends with some different landowners over there, property owners over yeah. there who would just be like hey you know maybe you'd be interested in this so i think you know when you have those roots in a community mm -hmm. Then you have those feelers out there and you you, you know what's going on yeah. and so um his friend came to him and said hey this building's available and um yeah. which which i mean is maybe another point to just always network always shake hands mm -hmm. always yeah. meet people right i mean you never know where opportunities may lead uh, so the gentleman owns this um beautiful piece of property um i actually met him at starbucks um <laughs> And uh, we developed a friendship there, and we've been friends for four or five years. And um, tried to do some other projects together, and just didn't quite come to fruition. And then this came up, and, and um, it, it worked out. But yeah, that's the same kind of thing. It really, really is same networking. That's it. And, and yeah, so. I mean, you you never know. I mean, I I, I suggest it to anybody. <clears throat> 
have a business card, shake hands, meet people, create relationships. I mean, it may lead to nothing. You may end up being best friends. You may do business together. Right. I mean, it you might be 12 years from now. Yeah. You just don't even know. A hundred percent. So, uh, so let's fast forward. You know, so how did how did this conversation? How did supper? How did this? Uh, oh, you know? this! I mean, this was just when you walk when we walked in this place. It was just. I mean, it's we just believe such could, a special place. I mean, it, possibly, it needed a lot of work, but we both immediately saw it. Like, yeah, she's I mean, as like, soon as we walked yeah. in, we, we couldn't believe that we could possibly have the chance to do this. You know, it was just it was so awing. You walk in, it was just such a big space and. There was so much potential, and that's what we have an eye for. That's what we do, you know. Just yeah. seeing like this could be something this tremendous, is the best and piece of real and estate. I think in this city where there is so much growth, so much new development, something like this becomes even more special. And I think we both knew that. And um, the only properties we really look at in town, I mean, we get calls all the time about new development, and usually he just turns them away. Once in a while, we'll go and look, but. Yeah. But we look at old buildings, and we still look at old buildings. You know, we we just we haven't found the next space for ourselves. But but this was one of those. We had been looking at several different properties at that time, and um, this one just screamed out, "Take me!" Yeah. So you knew. <laughs> so you knew as soon as you saw when it. When we walked in here, yeah. I was, just I whispered to him. I said, "Don't touch it." Yeah, she's, she's and it was like literally leave it alone because yeah. there was so much beauty just the way that it wow. was. It's yeah. just beautiful. So you see traces of it even now. So our walls here are very rough, and that's literally what they looked like when we first walked in here. And what we love is the idea of pulling that highbrow and lowbrow together so you have that rough and rocky wall, and then you've got the gorgeous chandeliers and then the sconces on the wall that just really contrast with it and make it a, a beautiful, memorable, really unique space. Listen, I mean, it is gorgeous in here. I mean, I, I walked in and... And I've seen your guys' Instagram, and I'm like, wow. I mean, I'm like floored. I mean, I'm see, I'm not the creative. I am not like a designer at all. I'm more of like an execution kind of guy. Like, you know what? Okay, pop. We make we, it happen. Yeah, we, we need a podcast. <laughs> Done. Okay, Austin. <laughs> yeah. right? you know, like, I, I got a guy. So like this to me, like you know, having an eye for something, I think it's a. It really is a talent. I I'm, and I'm not saying it to to blow smoke at you guys. I mean, it is a. I mean, I don't know what it looked like before, but just you guys explaining it to me, um, I mean, it looks beautiful. Thank you. There's so much um, intentionality, and I think the both of us just, we just ping ideas off of each other constantly. Um, this being a former church, we wanted to make sure that there was, you know, a lot of, there was thoughtfulness towards that history. Um, so, you know, we're sitting right in, in old pews. These are not actually from our church here. They're from a 120 year old church in Colorado okay. that we found. But, um, you know, I think Jeff had a really cool idea here as far as the cooking style and the type of food too, is that at the far wall of this place, he wanted to put in a um, 14 foot fire grill. Now this kind of thing, you can't find this thing within hours of here, this kind of equipment it's unbelievable 14 feet purifier cooking uh -huh. um i mean it is just it's an incredible beast Nobody's of a project but that's more. actually yeah this i call it his midlife crisis <laughs> that's what we're going through i mean it's a commercial grill a, company i mean you see it it you know like it's grill works it's, it's the company yeah, that we use it, yeah. it some really you know, high-end places. I, I saw a smaller version in New York at a Danny Meyer place and um, spent some time there. He wanted they, to they warm up very, Danny Meyer. They, they, were, uh, <laughs> they were very welcoming and nice. The exec chef was awesome um, to kind of show me around in the GM and um, uh, kind of walk through everything and talk about it. And it, and it was great. And I got, got sold on it. And then, yeah. A lot of money. A lot of money later. So what's interesting and, about the kitchen here is that because this was a church, and that was um, the front of the church, right? Yeah. Um, but in a in a restaurant, usually think about that as the back. You know, that the, is this true. is the front. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So in our true. minds, maybe it was just in my just mind. In your okay. <laughs> I was thinking about okay, how do we make that be the front? And so he had the idea of putting it up a step so that when you walk in, you can see it. So you actually have to take a step up to the, the kitchen. It's elevated a little bit. But the idea was to kind of give it more of a presence so that when Just you like walk in. Just like a chancel in a normal church. Yeah, like a chancel in a church. So when you walk in, 
that becomes front, center stage, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like it would have been when it was used as a church. So I think trying to have that intentionality behind those decisions can just just make the space be used better and um, be more enjoyable for staff and, yeah. and guests. No, I, 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 I love the, uh, the, like you said, the intentional um, everything, even like the plates you were telling me are like, yeah. Custom, what, what yeah. were you telling me? Like, well, we, we must have ordered, project. it was so fun. I mean, yeah. but we must have ordered, uh, I mean, 20 different types of plates to try to figure out what to put in this place. And we just didn't find the thing that was like really, really special. And we went to a showroom in Chicago. We, we went, we went everywhere. We weren't really happy. With we just couldn't quite there, get it. And I don't know what it was because they were beautiful plates. And so at Haverdish, um, a big part of our marketing and branding there is the tabletop itself. So the tables are beautiful. They're made from the rafters of the building at Haberdish. Wow. And they are, you know, we have we have camel colored ones, like caramel color, and then we have um, white ones. We have ones with a blue stripe. So that tabletop with, it, we use an assortment of plates on those tables. So there's um, yellow tones and black and, and browns and reds all on one tabletop. And I love the look of that. It just looks like people brought a dish to the sure. table. Yeah, yeah. And we wanted to do something similar here to have that family style feel so that it felt like, we like to say, um, this is a Southern Steakhouse meets church potluck. Okay. okay. And so that idea of people bringing something to the table. So when we couldn't find those plates, well, she sent me. She she found these <laughs> unbelievable plates um, from, from anthropology. Anthropology <laughs> that were designed by Lou Rhoda, and she's awesome. She's so much fun. But um, so she sent me these, and she's like, "I want something like this." And so then we I stalked her on Instagram of, for a while. She stalked her on Instagram. We worked <laughs> through the process of figuring out like what plates we could print on, how it would work, um, and we have some really awesome partners from having other restaurants and so um, teamed up with Bill Roy and Bach they kind of you know were like you design it and um, this is how it works and how you can get them made and uh, so then um, reached out to Lou Rhoda through Instagram and all that stuff and got in touch with her and she's like I would you know she was really excited she about him. where's she um, from she's in London um, and so we just did everything by, by FaceTime and Zoom so and what we sent wanted designs was back and forth and had meetings with her. She she was really fun to work with. Yeah, she she really was. Um, we we wanted the plates to have a um, southern garden feel. So if you look closely at them, you'll see like a goldfinch, a blue jay, and then you'll see you know there's um, ramps on one. There's um, a squash blossom. So they're supposed to be. You know, they're just inspired by a southern garden. And so having those plates in this. Um, place where we do so much fire cooking which could have a little more of an austerity type feel to it and then you've got these whimsical plates and then you've got you know meat cooked on the grill and then you've got you know the the whimsical cocktail so there's just a lot of like play back and forth between austerity and and whimsy you know and the plates I think add that touch of whimsy that are just a lot of fun and make it a really unique place and you can buy the plates too no kidding yeah, yeah. we have them for sale on our website so just something and your, something your website different. is? It's um, www.supper.land. Supper.land. Yeah. I always wanted to have one of those. No, there's no dot .com. No dot .com. It's just dot just .land. Supper.land. Supper.land? Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Easy, <laughs> easy enough. Yeah, Come by right. the plates. They're actually beautiful. You know, we'll uh, we'll throw some pictures up of them. And so, um, yeah, I am, I am like, I don't even know what to say. I think I'm floored at how much attention to detail you guys have put into every part of the business. And you haven't even had any of the food yet that we spent months and months on. <laughs> we will have, to have, have, a, to, come yeah. back we'll have to have a part two of that or something. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I um, I love it. And so maybe let's, let's kind of wrap things up. What are some things, tips, takeaways, the last 12 years of becoming business owners, becoming entrepreneurs? Because um, there's so many little nuggets that I think I've, I've been able to extract from every kind of story. I mean, even, you know, what's the lady's name? Lou? Lou, Lou Rhoda. Lou Rhoda. I mean, even 
you know, um, I don't know. She may say stalking. We say persistence, right? So, <laughs> yeah. but you, um, you know, finding what you want and knowing what you want, and you know, having a a concept and a, a style, and I mean, like you know, and being true to it, and not cutting corners, and you know, uh, messaging and 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 dialing things in, and having the availability to sell. I mean, like as a as a way to create money to be able to you know, um, like there's so much there. Like that, like it is. It's brilliant. If people actually dissect what what you're saying, there's a lot of lot of success principles in everything that you're saying, which I love. Um, which is what the the whole point of all of all this is. And so, um, twelve years now, looking back. Well, first off, did, would, could you ever imagine you'd be here twelve years later from that first? <laughs> you know, not not after the first month, but no. yes, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. did, did you think that, or is it like... It was a rough start. But like, sure. could you see yourself with five restaurants or were you like, you know what, you were so caught up in just that one, you were like, you know what, let's... I mean, I don't know, like, yeah. or did, did you already have a, did you know you had a vision that you could make this happen? No, it's been pretty organic, just kind of moving moving along. What's our 100%. next step? Yeah, just... 100%. I mean, so, starting out small, get it, you know, I, I think we're, we're you, you get better every single time. Um, so yeah, just kind of working at your craft, being really serious about it. I think having a, a love of learning um, and just trying to do better every single time yeah. um, is, has been really important. I think we, the one thing we haven't touched on is just the, the people um, and how important all of our people are to us and just- Talk about that. In, well, just investing in them and supporting them has come back to us many, many times over. It doesn't always work out, you know, but sure. um, just, you know, I think the bond that we have with them and um, the just kind of the fact that we've had a lot of people with us now for, you know, years. seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 years, it's, yeah. it's crazy and, and just, They've grown with us too. So just, but just investing in, in those people and then having those investments come back is, is awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really rewarding. And I think that's allowed us to, um, in some ways, it's allowed us to open restaurants, but it's also been a big part of what we see as our responsibility to continue to grow, sure. to create opportunities for these amazing people who Amen. are on our team. So, you know, this place, our executive chef here came from Haverdish. He was our sous chef. He's now the exec here. Um, and he awesome. brought over a few sous chefs. So I think investing in your people, and I think sometimes in the restaurant business, people get, you know, staff get cast aside a little bit like, oh, it's just a dishwasher. Oh, it's just a prep cook, you know, and that's not true. It's a person and yeah. they also have dreams and they also have things they want to do. And they're starting out a lower point maybe than you've ever been in your life and you don't know what that's like yeah. so giving them a place you know we started in 2019 doing um, providing all of our staff with a living wage and insurance um, we now have got all of our staff up to $13 an hour um, and, and that's the minimum and so everybody else gets filtered up to pay wise as, as they they go upwards and I think having that kind of feel as a family business makes people want to come it makes them want to say hey my friend wants to work here and and that creates such a great environment and we're just it makes us so proud of the team that we have and how they nurture each other and um, how they nurture themselves and keep getting better and better at what they do I love it I mean uh, the one thing that I've learned just you know having our company now for 12 years going on 13 is you can't do it by yourself no I mean it's Not if you want as, to grow. as much as as much as you think you know, uh, it just, you can't, you have to find good people and train them and teach them and empower them and take care of them and create a culture that they, I mean, it's, it's what we, it's what I really try to do. I mean, it's why every Friday, you know, besides shooting podcasts, you know, I'm, I'm at the office. I want to talk to the drivers. I'm going to talk to the warehouse guys. I'm in the back loading a truck up or sweeping. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's what, it's what I started doing. You know what I mean? So it's not beneath me to do anything. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, I love that. I love that. It's probably why you got people that have been with you for seven, eight, nine. Our first hire is still with us. Yeah. Our very first hire. Are you serious? Our executive chef at Crepe Cellar is still with What's us. What's his name? Steve Cooney. Shout out to Steve. He's been here right. since the beginning. Steve. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> love it. But uh, yeah, any any other tips? 12 years of uh, becoming entrepreneurs? Anything that you can look back on? I mean, patience, discipline, live below your means, um, invest in yourself in the future. I mean, I don't know. Any, anything that really just... If for your story rings true? 
I know I have a couple things. Sure, go for what, it. What, one is just having have. a is having a vision for whatever place it is that you want to open up, whether it's um, whatever kind of business it is. Like, get a vision in mind so that you can steer Very your tight ship. brand and stick to it. Well, and that's the other part that I was going to say is about the branding part. Um, there's a lot of ways to build a brand, um, and I think. Uh, We've realized as a husband-wife team that that is also a way of building a brand is making sure that you know that we're taking care of our businesses as a couple. You know and that it feels like a family business and that, that. Um, it, you know we can we can you know I write articles sometimes or you know he'll go on different podcasts. But treating that as a way of building your business's brand, you can do it through plates. You can do it through. The, the style of the restaurants or the type of service or the food that you serve or whatever business it is, the little details like that. But it doesn't have to be advertising where you're just shelling money yeah. out. It's build the brand within your business itself and, that. and it, let it's that It's so helpful because even when you're, you're, you're sitting around and we're talking of, okay, so what candle holder are we going to pick? If you know what the brand is and what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to do, it like those you know, little decisions kind of fall in line a lot better. And I think it, it just like brings everything together, but it, but it makes, it makes making decisions so much easier. Cause you're like, okay, we got to, we, we got to yeah, stick, stick to the, stick to the brand. So. I love it. I love it. Cool. Well, this was awesome. Thanks for yeah. having this us. This was, I mean, honestly, this was uh, a joy. I, I really love hearing your story. Um, I, I learned. I learned, I mean, I really enjoyed speaking and like meeting people and then like knowing the background and you know, and so um, appreciate it. Jamie, Jeff, awesome, awesome. I mean, congratulations, you know, and, and listen, if you guys have not, uh, you know, tried out any of their restaurants, you got to. We have Crepe Cellar, we have Growlers Next Door, okay, yeah. a little pub. Uh, we have Haberdish. Yep. We have the donuts around the corner, right, with the lights and the yep. whole thing, which, you know, and just so you know, the, the smells that are coming out of the kitchen oh, right now, I'm, I'm, so sa right I'm now. salivating. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously um, over here in uh, Central, you know, Supperland, you know, um, uh, I mean, you know, it's just, I'm, congratulations. And I don't even know what to say. You guys are an awesome duo, an awesome couple. Um, and I can I can kind of see your thumbprint on all like the I mean it it, it makes sense why you have what you have. I, I I'm being serious. I mean it's you know I've met a, met a bunch of people through my family and through you know and um, I love it. I love it. I look forward to everything you guys are gonna do in the future. And uh, we appreciate you having on uh, the show on the Paper Trails podcast. Thank you awesome. for having. And so you. anyway, it's fun. Come come visit these guys. Good to see you guys again. We are wrapped up. Um, what we said episode five episode five of season two if you have not subscribed um or commented or liked what are you waiting for come on you know let's uh let's build it up so anyway good to see you guys we'll see you in the next episode thank you the restaurants you love the food you crave and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply.